You'll disappear! 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 Back! Back! Over the park! Hello, this is Randy Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays and cats with you, year-round. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, that's <laughs> making her introduction in the back, if you can hear her at all. Good grief. This is Beth, and I'm going to be talking to you today about Color Street Nail Strips. Part one. <laughs> this is Cole, and I'm going to be running briefly through, in a new series, I'm going to be running briefly through the Canadian holidays. This series is running through different holidays, all the different holidays of different given countries. This is Sydney Moon, and I will be talking about Disney World's Epcot Pavilions, Norway. <laughs> um, former mail, ride. Former ride, Maelstrom. Yes. <laughs> That's just such a mouthful. It is. Yeah. And continuing my uh, Disney attraction ride series. Water rides. Water rides, yeah, specifically. Water rides. Yes. yes. Specifically water rides. Well, that's all, that all sounds fun. This week's holiday happenings include several... Kind of Christmas in July items. We went to, last week, we mentioned that we hadn't had a chance to go to the Hallmark Ornaments Keepsake premiere. We finally were able to do that on Friday um, this past week, and that was very fun. We went inside. There weren't very many people there, but all the ornaments were up on the our local Hallmark's wall. Just like normal. And unlike normal, they had gloves and yes, sporty hand sanitizer. All along there. Yeah. And they kind of had people like asking if you needed help pick, like getting something, mm-hmm. right? So, and it's all like two feet off the ground. So you really don't actually need help. It's more because of a, not wanting them you to handle everything. Right. 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 That was Smart. really neat. Yeah. yeah. I, I hadn't seen anywhere that had gloves before. Mm-hmm. But For the customers? <clears throat> right. Yeah. But yeah, along the shelf right in front of it. Yeah. That nice. was great. Yeah. So we got uh, Hallmark Ornaments usually does... Um, some series where year after year they'll do like a you know like a bird series or a fabulous decades or Santa Claus you know whatever it may be so we got our typical series that we already um, participate in and then we actually got a ho- a Halloween set right um, as well that was kind of neat yeah fun, this year, fun. So. did you get did they have a new bird this year they did they right. had a, they had a bird and the female bird as well for some yeah. reason I. Uh, have just taken over putting all the birds on the Christmas tree every year. Yeah. So people They're really will, pretty. They are. People will hand me birds when they find them. The lady who uh, does the birds is retiring sometime soon. They don't know which year, but soon. Yeah. So you need to sad. start collecting your own. Right. <laughs> yeah, Go get so. ten of whatever to this. <laughs> yeah, they said, oh, the we want to get the bird series because she's retiring, although we don't know when. So I don't... They could be that, you know, everybody's maybe there's one more year. Everybody's retiring know. someday. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> That same evening, we went over to Hobby Lobby, and last week we mentioned that the fall items, there were a lot of them out, but they weren't on sale. This week, they're on sale. Yay! 40% off. Yeah, and that's what I like to see at Hobby Lobby. (laughs) That's right. The classic 40% off of whatever you want. That's not why we went. We went because we were looking for some new items for our guest room. Right. My mom's coming to visit, and I've never really... I had stuff in the guest room but it's been just kind of whatever's left over or oh that looks nice i'll just leave it there um so we're trying to find a decorative theme for that room so we went in search of that and we found it yeah especially since the room has been painted Mm -hmm. and it's so pretty for years maybe 10 plus years it was never painted Right. And so now it is. And now it has its own decoration. So, right. well done. <laughs> there we go. We also replaced the blind. When Cole moved out, we saw that his uh, place had the blinds that uh, they're like, uh, they just squish up and down. They're not the rolly kind. Yeah. yeah. So, we got some of those for the two upstairs rooms where the rolly, we have long with really windows. Really long windows. So, the rolly ones don't work that well on those longer ones. So, that right. was nice to get those. Yeah. Also, um, Beth and I watching Hallmark Christmas movies last night. We actually found a movie we hadn't seen before called Right Before Christmas. And it was actually, W-R-I-P-E. Yes, like mm. writing Christmas cards. And it was actually really cute. It, it was really cute. A little more complicated storyline than mm-hmm. um, some Hallmark, Hallmark movies. You kept so seeing different. Fun. You saw them and then them and then them. It's like, ooh, okay. Quite a quite a nice little bit of of uh, Game of Thronesian subplots <laughs> there, but it all came together. It did. 
<clears throat> Does it have any uh, any actors that we recognize and love? Uh, uh, what's his name? Chad. So Chad Michael Murray was the lead male, and then Tori DeVito was the lead female. So that's very fun. Super cute. Yeah, very fun. Uh, but despite all this Christmas in July, it's boiling hot outside right now. Oh my goodness, yeah. so hot. Mid-90s, feels like over 100. I took days. the uh, advantage yesterday to go down to the river. At a landing where there was not really anybody there, we went at about, I'd say at about noon or so, down to the river, and people didn't start showing up until about 3 p.m. Probably because it was so hot. <laughs> yeah, so we just chilled for a while. Um, I got horrible sunburn on my back, probably because um, a friend and I found a large body of still water that we just spent an hour catching crayfish. Yeah. And so our backs were like bent over yeah. the whole time. And your shoulders, they're just so bright red. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yep. So I spent a good bit of yesterday also just on my stomach laying there. Yeah. Letting the, the sizzling... <laughs> Settle down. Yeah, we're off. So, the river Cole's talking about is the Shenandoah River. It's the largest river near us. Mm -hmm. um, did you also tube down the river? Or no, no, no. It was just hanging out. Yeah. And it was uh, probably the reason that nobody was there was it was low enough. It was a boat landing that we went to, but mm -hmm. it was so low that you couldn't get a boat into the water. Yes. And it was running so fast that to just sit in the water, we had to find a spot where, like, our, our butts would end up against a rock or something, so we wouldn't get... To hold you still. To hold us still, because so we'd just get swept down. Interesting. Yeah, I've gone on that river many times where there's deep parts, and then you hit, like, a more shallow part, and you have to, like, scoot your way or, <laughs> or uh, lift or carry your way across the shallow parts. Mm -hmm. Like, pretty lengthy periods of time, so with the heat lately, I'm sure it's lower. Right, yeah. It's just, you walk out, and it's like, oh, my goodness. So hot, yep. Yeah. Cool's arms remind me of... Um, I also have gotten, like, lobster. Well, it's not quite lobster, but it's bright red. Um, one time I remember um, uh, I was participating in a car wash to raise funds for a mission trip. And I had sprayed sunscreen, like, all over except for the arm that I held my sunscreen in. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot that one. Huh? Yeah, so it was bright red. Yeah. <laughs> Years ago, I'm like, well, lesson learned, you know. So, Cindy so got a trucker's tan from that. I'm sure. Yeah, it's funny too because I've seen pictures online of people that have sunglass and mask cutouts where the faces are basically sunburned, <laughs> except for not just the sunglass area but the mask, mask area. area too. Yeah, that, that would so be an fun. interesting sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> That's very fun. It's an interesting selfie there. Today I'm talking about Color Street nail strips, and I'm going to give you an introduction to them today. First of all. What are Color Street nail strips, you might ask? What are they? What are they? They are awesome. And why are they on our holiday podcast? Right. Because they're wonderful. They're, they're a I'm, fun... I'm guessing you can do, like, fun holiday things You can. Them, they so. have holiday nails. They have seasonal nails. They're all kinds of awesome things that you can get at Color Street. And I'm looking at my nails right now, and they're a, they're a blue... They're French Riviera... But they're a, it reminds me of summer, and I just ordered some nail strips that are like watery nail strips, and it reminds me of summer also. So you called them French Riviera, but people should know that the colors all have like unique names. Yes, just like nail polishes, these colors all have unique names, and and some of them are solid colors, and some of them are glitter. Mom has um, glitter nail strips on, and right now I have a solid red color. Right, and my. Preference is always toward glitter. No. Yours is goes no. back and forth. It does. So what is Color Street Nails then? They are... Color Street Nail Strips are a packet of 16 double-edged nail strips that are 100% real nail polish, not stickers or vinyl, as some people may have come in contact with before. The nail strips are a base coat, a color, and a top coat all in one. They're removed with fingernail polish remover since they're 100% real nail polish. And they're supposed to last 10 days to 2 weeks. A lot of this depends on how rough you are with your hands. You can sometimes get 2 manicures out of them if your nails are not too long. And they range in price from $11 to $14. But there are great ongoing deals. 
for instance, your French manicures are buy one, get one free. And all others, glitter, nail art, and solids are buy three, get one free. And they're manufactured here in the USA. So let me take you back as to how Color Street began, how these nail strips began. And this has been just such an interesting thing to learn. I've been listening to, um, I've been listening to videos. My niece, Kelly Moon, uh, sells Color Street, so she sent me some information about it, and it's just fascinating. So this is an incredible story of innovation, creativity, obstacles, and perseverance. In 1984, Mr. Park, his first name is F-A, like fa, like fa la 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 fa, but I don't know whether it's pronounced fa or fa or something else. He was a new immigrant from South Korea. He was here to study opera, and one day on his way to a voice lesson, he saw a woman in a town car polishing her nails. He said she would polish and blow on her nails, polish some more, blow some more, and he said it, it just looked difficult. What she was doing was just laborious. Um, my word, not his. Uh, at one point, he was thinking about that, and he thought of a new idea, and that was to make a nail polish film that people could put onto their nails. He said he experimented over and over again until he got his formula. Lots and lots of experimentation. And he built his own first machine. He had to learn engineering, welding, metal fabrication, and nail polish chemistry. I know, isn't that crazy? He tried the direct marketing route once he had his, his product down. He tried the direct marketing route, but he said the huge companies that he spoke to, he said they were just awful. They just wanted to purchase his technology. Mr. Park said this was 15 years of effort and teardrops, and he did not want to sell his technology. He wanted to produce the product that he had put all this time into. He said so many times he was told, don't waste your life, you're a smart guy, you can do anything. He needed to support his family, so in the mornings, he would work at some store. In the evenings, he would teach music. On Sundays, he was a choir director at church. Wow. He said he was very poor. He had repeated big company offers. He said and they were all very attractive, but he still didn't want to sell. He said he never made over 10,000 packages until 2005. And in 2005, he made 1 million packages. And that year, he said his revenue was $13 million. Wow. But so that his, paid off. Yeah. He, he's such a nice man, though. He's so soft-spoken. He said his vision wasn't money. His vision was to deliver his product to the world. He decided to get his product out there to go the party sale platform. So he has stylists that, that sell Color Street nail strips, and they recruit others to sell. But they also continue to sell the products themselves. This is not a pyramid scheme. This is a sales a way to market your product in sales. The stylists mean so much to Mr. Park. He described them all, him and the stylists, as a unit. And he, he does a great job of rewarding people for their um, entrepreneurship, I guess you'd call it, the stylists. So that, I just, I just found that heartwarming, that whole thing. It's just that, that lesson in perseverance. I mean, he didn't know nail polish. He was an opera singer <laughs> that, that recently immigrated to the United States from South Korea. Like his, his, there was a little bit of a, like there's a heavy accent and, and, in, and within all of this, he did what it took to, to make this product that other people hadn't been able to make. There was nothing like it on the market until he started this. So I'm going to switch now over to my story. My nails are problem nails. They are thin and they peel. So the only way to keep them strong is to put something on them to protect them. So once a week, I would put on a nail strengthener, a base coat, then a couple coats of nail polish, followed by a top coat. Each step took so long to drive. It drove me crazy, but it was what I needed to do for my nails to be nice. And I really did like all the pretty nail polish colors. Still wasn't worth it if I could get away with nice nails without it, but I did this weekly for years. And since I use my hands a lot, and I'm just not overly careful, they chipped pretty quickly. And I used polish that was supposed to withstand use and top coats. So I was, I was very layered in there to try to keep the chipping away. And this is all before you found Color Street. This is all before I found Color Street. Thank you. 
almost each time I would do my nails, I would ruin one or two. Every yeah, single I remember that. Week. Like, you'd get like them going and invariably one of them, like shortly after you just did it, would mess up. It would. It would. I'd bump into something and put either a dent or a gouge in the nail polish. It was so frustrating. Even when I let it dry so long and I thought, <laughs> I am so safe. I've been sitting here, you know, for an hour and a half. I'd get up, I'd go do something, bump my hand into the side of the counter or something, boom, and I'd have to redo it. It was a weekly frustration, so I really was not happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, enter Color Street via my niece, Kelly Moon. So, my intro into Color Street was from my niece, Kelly Moon, who is both an online high school science teacher and an entrepreneur. Initially, she hosted a Color Street nail party. Since I wanted to support her, I ordered a set of nail strips. This was right before the Christmas holiday, so I got holiday nail strips. I really no. didn't know anything about them. That's what I was going to ask you. If you knew anything, had you heard anything about Color Street no. before that? No. I was just, you know, when your nieces and nephews, well, mostly nieces, have these parties, you just buy something because, you know, it's your family. I remember you looking at, like, the acrylic nail, like, other nails. You were looking for something yeah. that would be simpler the, or longer lasting. The acrylic nails, the problem with them is that um, they actually weaken the nail. To get them off again, to get them on and off, on is fine getting them off weakens the nail bed. So it's, it's really not good for your nails long term. And I tried gel, and they are longer lasting, but they're much harder on your nails and it's much harder to get them off right right and so this is with um what, what do you call that light yeah you with you put your hand like in that UV little light, like UV light yeah mm -hmm. so i mean it makes it very solid but i ended up having to ch like almost like chip off the nail polish when you and, wanted to change it yeah and it was just it, brutal on my nails right so if you're if your goal is healthy nails right. these things aren't a good way to go about these that. things being what Meaning the like the acrylic nails and the gels. Um, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, I know right. a woman who goes to nail salon every single week. Right, and they probably have the products that will, they do. yeah, that will help you help remove these without damaging as much. I've never, I've seen so many people that went years and years and years with acrylic nails, and afterward their nail beds are just. They're just, it's just hard on them, the acrylics. Yeah. So, um, so I got a set of holiday nail strips and, you know, just like everything, you can Google <laughs> how to put them on because now I have this set of nail strips, but what do I do with them? Um, I fell in love with them. They were so pretty and they were so easy to apply and there were no nicks afterward. It was amazing. I was blown away by this product. It was revolutionary. It changed my life. I was so excited. Am still so excited. So I saw Kelly at the Moon Family Christmas Gathering and told her if she sold Color Street nail strips, I would buy them from her. And I think her mother told her the same thing. <laughs> she really liked them too. Kelly did end up being a Color Street stylist, and my new nail obsession was all set with a stylist I could go to easily. If you are interested in taking a look at Color Street nail strips and decide you would like to try them yourself, you can order them through Kelly. You can go to www.colorstreet.com slash Kelly Moon, K-E-L-L-I-M-O-O-N. Color Street is... C-O-L-O-R, color, street, S-T-R-E-E-T, -E -E just like it sounds. And if you want me to send that to you via email, just email us and let me know, and I would be happy to do that. So when I'm out, I get so many compliments on my nails. Serious, seriously, numerous cashiers, people at the hair salon, people at church, even strangers. The nail strips are eye-catching and look professional. When I have on the holiday nails, people really notice. I'm very enthusiastic about these nails. I've had friends try cheaper versions from stores and we're not very happy with the product. If you're gonna try nail strips, try Color Street. There is a difference in quality. Color Street is unparalleled. So during the next podcast, I'm going to tell you more about the nail strips themselves and what kinds are available. They are such a fun quality product and there are glitters and 
nail art designs and solids and French manicures. There's all kinds of stuff. It's very exciting. Very yeah, fun. And I think that's fun when you think about holidays and the fact that we're sharing stuff about the holidays with you. Right. Right. Those nails can really be an accessory now because you can go through... Like at Halloween, or yeah, Halloween, there's yep. Halloween specific nails. And not just, Halloween. you could do solid colors or glitter colors or stripes, but you could also do like figures and things on your nails. Yep. Um, and yeah, so it's just a whole set of accessories now that can make your holidays even more fun. Yes. So for me, I love them. I have a whole bunch of them and I go through them and I like to do mine each week because I like to change them and I think they're really pretty. But um, yes, they have fall ones they have they have winter they have spring they have summer they have every holiday patriotic ones they've got all the different holidays valentine's st patrick's Patrick's day Day. (laughs) new year's day thanksgiving thanksgiving christmas i mean it's just there's so much fun this is a just a great product so i would encourage you to try them and i will talk to you more next week about them well i know that you often have different winter or snowflake themed oh uh, i know i love my snowflakes nail strips so we're gonna take a trip to our friends in the north yeah the and place the magical place where hallmark does their... all takes place right yeah the north pole yes <laughs> yeah the north pole not quite that far north. not quite that far north um but canada so you know if we have any canadian listeners out there then definitely let us know your favorite canadian holiday Um, But I'm going to be talking about the public holidays in Canada, which are known as um, public holidays, statutory holidays, stat holidays, or simply stats, and consist of a variety of cultural, national, and and federal and religious holidays in Canada um, at the federal level, the provincial level, and the territorial level. Um, So the holidays that I have here are New Year's Day, Good Friday, Easter Monday, Victoria Day, Canada Day, Civic Holiday, Labor Day, Thanksgiving, Remembrance Day, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. That's like a Boxing Day, yeah. So actually not too dissimilar from the United States in a lot of those. So I'm going to briefly run through what all of them are. New Year's Day is also just called New Year and is celebrated on January 1st, the first day of the year of the modern Gregorian calendar, as well as the Julian calendar. So we all know what New Year's Day is, and it's roughly the same in Canada, where large groups of people get together for the celebration of the upcoming New Year. So then we have Good Friday, and Good Friday is a Christian holiday commemorating the crucifixion of Jesus and his death at Calvary. It's observed during the Holy Week on the Friday preceding Easter Sunday and may coincide with the Jewish observance of Passover, also known as Holy Friday, Great Friday, and Black Friday, which is a different Black Friday. It is a different Black Friday than what we know. Good to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Than what we know. So, members of many different Christian denominations, including Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, Lutheran, Anglican, Methodist, Oriental Orthodox and many others observe Good Friday with fasting and church services and communicants of the Moravian Church have a Good Friday tradition of cleaning gravestones in cemeteries. So something a little more Canadian here, Victoria Day is a federal Canadian public holiday celebrated on the last Monday preceding May 25th. Initially in honor of Queen Victoria's birthday, it has since been celebrated as the official birthday of Canada's sovereign. It is informally considered to be the beginning of the summer season in Canada. The holiday has been observed in Canada since at least 1845. Originally falling on Victoria's actual birthday, which is the 24th of May, the holiday has been a distinctly Canadian observance to be celebrated across the country. It falls on the Monday between the 18th and the 24th. So it is a federal holiday as well as a holiday in six of Canada's ten provinces and all three of its territories. In Quebec, before 2003, the Monday preceding the 25th of May, each year was unofficially the Fête du Dollar, or however you pronounce that in uh, Canadian French. 
uh, a commemoration of Adam Dullard de Ormeaux's initiation in the 1920s to coincide with Victoria Day. In 2003, provincial legislation officially created National Patriots Day on the same day. So that's kind of like their Memorial Day, as far as the timing of the year. Right, in yeah. terms of the timing of the year. So then there is Canada Day, um, Fête du Canada in French. It is the National Day of Canada, a federal holiday, and it celebrates the anniversary of the Canadian Confederation, which occurred on July 1st, 1867, with the passing of the Constitution Act, where the three separate colonies of Canada, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, were united into a single dominion within the British Empire called Canada. It was originally called Dominion Day. The holiday was renamed in 1982 when the Canadian Constitution was patriated by the Canada Act of 1982. Canada Day celebrations take place throughout the country as well as in various locations around the world by Canadians living abroad. Oh, okay. So it's interesting that how close that was to the 4th of July for the United States. Right? You're at Canada Day on the 3rd, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, 4th of July on the 4th. So. Right. And it is very much like our Independence Day, mm -hmm. but for Canada. It's a day to celebrate the country, its achievements, and what it is. Uh, I don't know if the Canadians celebrate it with barbecues and fireworks like we celebrate the 4th of July. Yeah, I wonder where, like, a, a, like a typical... Um, Canadian like food and tradition for that something good to look at. Yeah, mm -hmm. probably like us, it's regional. You know, right. Quebec yeah, might true. be different than the western part and things like that. True, but I think for us, like our Fourth uh, of July, like you think of hot dogs, it's and pretty classic. And, yeah, fireworks. chicken's more popular in, in the south, and yeah. chicken, hamburgers, hot dogs. Yeah, it would be That's interesting real. to know. Yeah, it would yeah. be interesting Menu. to know. <laughs> It's not, a, it's not too varied. Yeah. Oh, and something else that's fun is if you're interested in different uh, days for the Canadian regions, when this podcast is coming out, there are a number, like New Brunswick Day is close to when this podcast is going to be coming out. So it's a fun opportunity to take a look at some of maybe the differences in those territories. So then there's the Civic Holiday. Uh, which is the most widely used name for a public holiday celebrated in most of Canada on the first Monday in August, although it is officially known by that term only by the governments in Nunavut and the Northwest Territories. This one our Canadian listeners may have to help me out with, because it sounds like it may just be a day off. <laughs> the holiday is known by a variety of different names in various provinces, including British Columbia Day in British Columbia, New Brunswick Day in New Brunswick, Saskatchewan Day in Saskatchewan, where the day is a provincial statutory holiday across each province. The holiday is celebrated as Natal Day in Nova Scotia in commemoration of the Halifax-Dartmouth area, and Terry Fox Day in Manitoba in honor of the nationally renowned Manitoba-born athlete. So... It sounds like it's a day off, and everybody kind of picked why in their own province. I vote yeah. for us to have a Virginia day. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. I was born in, we were born in Texas, and you guys are from Pennsylvania. Can we get a Pennsylvania day off, too, and a Texas <laughs> yeah. day? We could just spread this out a lot. Um, so then we have Labor Day, which is an annual holiday to celebrate the achievements of workers. Labor Day has its origins in the labor union movement specifically the eight-hour workday movement, um, which advocated for eight hours of work, eight hours of recreation, and eight hours of rest, which doesn't always work because people often have long commutes. So you're really... <laughs> and a lot of people spend nine hours at work or... Right, right. But it's a nice idea, nice to have a day uh, to remember that and a day off. For most countries... Labor Day is synonymous or linked with International Workers' Day, which occurs on the 1st of May. Uh, in Canada and the United States, the holiday, is the holiday is celebrated on the first Monday of September and considered the unofficial end of summer, with summer vacations ending and students returning to school around them. Hmm. Hmm. Next, we have Thanksgiving. <laughs> 
Hey, Thank you, Onyx. No. Uh, next we have uh, Thanksgiving Action de Grasse in French. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's my shot in the dark. Um, sometimes called Canadian Thanksgiving to distinguish it from the American holiday of the same name. It's an annual Canadian holiday occurring on the second Monday in October, which celebrates the harvest and other blessings of the past year. Thanksgiving has been officially a holiday celebrated in Canada since 1879. While the date varied by year and was not fixed, it was commonly on the third Monday in October. In 1957, the Governor General of Canada Vincent Massey issued a proclamation stating a day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed to be observed on the second Monday in October. Yeah, I always thought it was interesting that Canada's Thanksgiving uh, was so much earlier than the United States, but if you think about the, I'm guessing their growing season is much shorter given much of Canada is so far north that they're, they have to get it in a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. That's true. And if you think about it, ours is a little on the later side. It definitely In terms is, yeah. of celebrating the harvest, yeah. Yeah. October does make a lot more sense than Yeah, that's true. Yeah, November. it's much more harvesty then. Because but if you think about on... where our Thanksgiving is in November as right. well, like there's often, maybe not for the past few years, but there's often snow around the Thanksgiving yeah. time. That yeah, would shortly be so after. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's the beginning of Christmas season. <laughs> Really, Halloween is the Christmas. Right, the end of Halloween. Yeah. Right. So really, the first... So we go with Disney. We go with the Disney route. The first the uh, of day of November is the beginning of the Christmas season for us. Yes. So again, would be much. maybe we should celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving this year, just so we can get a kickstart. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. On the Christmas season. <laughs> so then we have Remembrance Day sometimes informally known as Poppy Day, owing to the tradition of Remembrance Poppies in Canada. Oh, well, grandfather in our family is called Poppy. It's so called I thought maybe he's yeah. remembering Poppy. <laughs> like Poppy Moon, sweet. He's so neat. He is remember- an awesome guy. He deserves well, it's, it says Remembrance Poppies, so... <laughs> oh, poppies many poppies. All many over. poppies, yeah, <laughs> to remember things. So it's a Memorial Day observed in the Commonwealth member states since the end of the First World War. And the Commonwealth are the former British colonies, not the United States. But a number of former British colonies. Um, and it is to remember the members of their armed forces who have died in the line of duty, following a tradition inaugurated by King George V in 1919. The day is also marked by war remembrances in many non-Commonwealth countries. Remembrance Day is observed on the 11th of November in most countries to recall the end of hostilities in the First World War on that date in 1918. So what's November 11th in our holidays, in the U.S. holidays? Veterans Day. Veterans Day. Veterans Day, exactly. So that's our Remembrance Day then. Mm-hmm. The tradition of Remembrance Day evolved out of Armistice Day. The initial Armistice Day was observed at Buckingham Palace commencing with King George V, hosting a banquet in honor of the President of the French Republic during the evening hours of the 10th of November, 1919. First official Armistice Day was subsequently held on the grounds of Buckingham Palace the following morning. During the Second World War, many countries changed the name of the holiday. Member states of the Commonwealth of Nations adopted Remembrance Day, while the U.S. chose Veterans Day. Oh, there you go. And Veterans Day is actually for living veterans our memorial day which is the last monday in may is for those who have died in the service of the country mm-hmm. so, a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so next we have christmas christmas, christmas. Yay! canadian christmas <laughs> <laughs> which is uh just about the same as our exactly christmas it is the annual festival commemorating the birth of jesus christ um, they are. They have nativities, Christmas lights, celebrations. Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. So in a number of Commonwealth countries, rather than having Santa Claus, they have Father Christmas, such as in Britain, I know, in Australia and New Zealand as well. But Canada does actually have Santa Claus. On the 23rd of December 2008... 
Jason Kenney, Canada's Minister of Citizenship, Immigration, and Multiculturalism, formally awarded Canadian citizenship status to Santa Claus. <laughs> There's also a city named North Pole in Alaska where a tourist attraction known as the Santa Claus House has been established. Yeah. Nice! So you can wind your way up through Canada on your way to North Pole, Alaska, to the Santa Claus House. But Santa Claus is really a citizen of the world, not just Canada. Right, but Canada kind of Canada. Canada kind of took him. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. we didn't uh, we didn't jump on the Santa citizenship train mm-hmm. fast enough. But I believe that there are dual citizenship options with Canada, so yeah, maybe we true. could still get some Santa Claus action. <laughs> there you go. So Boxing Day, last but not least, is a holiday celebrated after Christmas Day, thus being the second day of Christmas Tide. It originated in the United Kingdom and is celebrated by a number of countries formerly part of the British Empire. It is on the 26th of December, although attached, although the attached bank holiday or public holiday may take place on that day or one or two days later, I suppose, depending on if it's a weekend. weekend right. yeah. In parts of Europe, such as Romania, Hungary, Germany, Poland, the Netherlands, um, Czechia, and Scandinavia, the 26th of December is celebrated as a second Christmas day. So the 26th of December this year is on a Saturday, so it could be, the bank holiday could be the following Monday then. Right. But Canada has a good idea, though. Like, how many people really, like, come into work the day after Christmas? <laughs> right. Yeah. You may as well you have know, second yeah, not Christmas. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Boxing Day is really about giving gifts to others. It's about, well, you know, giving to the poor. And the less for the fortunate, poor. right? Yes, exactly. Right. So that is the Canadian holidays. Very interesting. So well, if you. we have any Canadian listeners that want to give us some input, their favorites, some traditions from the holidays, then feel free to shoot us that way and we'll give it a shout out during the next podcast. It is interesting. One of the holidays that is a holiday but a not a national day off holiday in the United States is Halloween. Right. Right. It's one of the biggest holidays that doesn't actually get a day off. So it'd be interesting if, you know, other which other countries celebrate Halloween. Right. right. Celebrate Halloween. Because in the United States it is the Second most popular holiday. Yep. It's been voted, and it's a, a big margin. It's yep. Christmas, Halloween, and then a large margin yep. beneath the next one. Yeah. It does raise a good question, though. Why isn't it a holiday? I guess maybe because it's at night, and that would be kind of hard to determine. If it's not, it's very, um, so it's not really a government reason for a holiday, and it's not really a religious re- reason for a holiday, right? And those no. are generally the reasons we have a day off. So this is more of a, Family, it's a focused. It's a way, cultural. Yeah, it's a cultural holiday. Way to get rid of your spirits. You know the spirits <laughs> lingering around. <laughs> the spirity cat spirits. Yes. <laughs> They're scared of so many things, and it yes. really is not hard to get rid of them. Right, right. right. Yeah, it's very fun. So, moving from the cold and dark in Halloween, I guess, and maybe in the winters in northern Canada, to the cold and dark waters of Norway. <laughs> At least in. Um, Disney World's Epcot Pavilion. Yeah, right. Norway Pavilion. So, all right. So, Maelstrom, spelled M-A-E-L-S-T-R-O-M. It is, it was Epcot's Norway Pavilion. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> yep. We, she's narrating this entire, uh, this entire sequence here. I did not know why all of a sudden she came in here and decided yes. to talk about everything in her little cat head. Yes. Okay, but it was a water ride, a boat ride in the dark. Its opening day was July 5th, 1988, and it closed on October 5th, 2014, and it was replaced by Frozen Ever After. Mm. I remember when it closed. And Frozen Ever After is cute. But Maelstrom was one of my favorite rides, so that made me really sad. Yeah, so let me go through this and then definitely tell us why then. Mm. So the duration of the ride was like four and a half minutes. It was just like super short. And then it was followed by a movie about Norway, which was just around six minutes long. So do you know what the name Maelstrom actually means? I do. Please tell us. <laughs> Being your yep. favorite ride. <laughs> um, which is interesting because it was one of those words that I just, I guess, read in a book from a young age. So I figured everybody knew what the word maelstrom was. 
Um, but that was not the case. No. I found out it is not a common word. Right. Um, but it is a different word for a whirlpool in an ocean or the river. A lot of times it's described in the context of a storm in particular. I did find out that whirlpools, kind of like quicksand when you're a child, were really not that as big a deal as you thought they were going yeah, to be. You thought they were like everywhere. You thought they were everywhere. It turns out the biggest whirlpool um, is maybe the size of this table. So eight feet, maybe? Maybe eight feet or so. But if it's whirling around, it can right. be and powerful. It's, and they're not that powerful. But either. on cartoons, they show oh them a goodness, lot Oh my goodness, they bigger. are so... They're so huge. Yeah. <laughs> if you've seen the... Uh, Greek mythology. Right. If you've seen the... Uh, right. Um, Charybdis. Yeah. I think was the giant monster who formed a whirlpool in its mouth. Yeah. In Greek mythology. In, uh, I think that was the Odyssey. It was, yeah. 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 So they had, to, they had to go the different way where Scylla would take seven sailors or they could go to the giant whirlpool Charybdis and lose their entire ship. Yeah, and die. But this um, is not Or that. the, uh, <laughs> if you've seen the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie where oh. they're having their giant ship battle along the side of a maelstrom. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Uh, yeah. Maelstroms do not get that large. No. <laughs> or the little mermaid with Ursula. That was a bit crazy, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> yep. so now you know what maelstrom means. Um, <laughs> it is... Contrary to its name, no maelstroms appear. No, not not absolutely none. So it was just kind of funny to learn what the actual name means. The ride was four and a half minutes. So that's yeah. So the um, the three caballeros ride that Sydney Mm -hmm. talked about last week is about seven minutes. So this is about half the length. Very short. Yes, and if you and at the end, I'm gonna so I'm gonna go through it and like what you would see in the ride. But I would encourage you to look on YouTube as there are actual, like, ride-throughs of the ride. And it'll take you about okay. four minutes to watch it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was so short. I'm like, I, I went through it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't quite remember how short this was, but it was, <laughs> oh my goodness, it was so short. Um, it didn't feel like it. No. It, it surprisingly some, did. Some places, some rides, when you get in it and it's over, you're like... That was so short. Like the Navi River Journey? Yes. Yeah. This one wasn't quite as bad. I don't think that. the line was as bad either. But, okay. So, um, you are in the line. You're about to board. So, riders board their boats, which are themed to look like Viking ships. As your Viking ship departs the loading dock, the, bo- the boat, uh, and I'm getting this information from DisneyParks.Fandom.com. As your Viking ship departs the loading dock, the boat turns a corner into a small tunnel and up the ride's only lift hill. So a light shining down and you hear a mysterious voice telling you that those who seek Norway's spirit will find peril and adventure. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's a bright light through one eyeball right. of this like Viking head. Yeah, and so you, you're partly blinded until you <laughs> get up. <laughs> right, which is I suppose supposed to be Odin. I think so. Odin kind it's of good face because he's, yeah. yeah. he's the one. He's the one eye. Yeah, um, that makes sense. It's funny. It was a Viking head. I never realized. I that. never realized oh, that either. No, nope, I didn't realize that either because yeah. probably because I was blinded by the bright <laughs> light. It's a very bright light. It is. Odin's eye was really going for it. <laughs> yeah. He did not need the other eye. No, apparently not. (laughs) So the vehicle reaches the top of the lift hill, and then you can see, and the boat passes underneath a mysterious face of the Norway god Odin. Which, again, I mean, I I never really... I didn't realize you didn't know that it was coming through his eyeball. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you then find yourself transported into a version of... Norwegian mythical Viking days. So you see like a Viking scene. Um, a boat. Your boat passes by um, different scenes of seafarers and um, villages and Vikings with their fun Viking hats on. <laughs> Vikings are really excited about that. Vikings with their fun Viking hats on. But um, which it's are to, apparently historically accurate. No, but whatever. But you know. But, um, <laughs> to guess the importance of the sea to mythical to uh, mythological Norwegians. So the Viking ship then enters a swampy marsh where you're 
where you go face to face. Well, okay, so you enter the swampy marsh and you're just kind of going, and then all of a sudden you see these like kind of trolls peeping. Well, these I, eyeballs. Tra- and I think the narrator warns you about trolls. Yeah, too. So. and trolls in Maelstrom are different than trolls in the um, Frozen Frozen movie. Yes, they do not sing. They do not roll. They're also they different than the trolls in the Trolls movie. <laughs> <Yes>. Also, <laughs> the singing little ones with the yeah, big true. hair. These are meant to be taken a little bit more seriously. Yes. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Um, but they are the more me- kind of menacing looking yeah. trolls. Yes, I think that's a good good word. Yeah. And menacing. Um, you basically get to meet the animatronic wreck because of, and I'm going to totally mispronounce these things, but um, Dokofar and the Josephar. It's probably Yosafar. Yosafar. Uh, I'm going to take your word for that, which are two Norwegian trolls. I think these are a two-headed troll. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two-headed yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is like the super fun part of the ride that we constantly quote in our family all the time. Um, <laughs> the trolls are angered by seeing the, um, you as a visitor and cast a spell on the boat, sending you on to the backward portion of the ride. So this in this ride, you go up a hill, and then you go backwards in your boat. And then you end up going down a little hill. So you think of, like, pirates. You know, you go down once. Um, Splash Mountain, where you go down once. This is, like, up, um, backwards, and down. Like, it's just more right. of an active So you go ride. up the hill, you're going, you're going forward the whole time. Right. And then you go past a little troll se- section. Yeah, then you get to the trolls. Right, and then your boat actually, and if you're outside the ride, in the middle of Norway, you can see the boats doing this. Right. The, the head of the boat actually comes out into the into the square, into the public square. You can see the head poking out one story up. Right, but it's the head from the back. Yeah. So then, from there, are you going backwards or forwards down no. the so, so you get to the trolls, and then you can um, go backwards. So, so, so once you reach the trolls, you can feel the back of the boat turning. So it's basically the the, the troll is casting a spell. When you're looking one, at the troll the right. whole time, yeah, the back and, of the boat swishes over. Right. So then the rest you're going now you're going the boat's leaving away from the trolls right. backwards. And the trolls say back, back over, over the, the falls. falls, and you're going backwards and. Outside the ride, you see this, um, basically, it's like a window, but it looks like um, a... It's like a big hole. hole in the, yeah, in the rock. Yeah. yeah. And you see the back of the boats. Now, there is no risk of a boat actually going backwards through the hole. But that's what it looks like. Right. right. So, for fun. Yes. Uh, and as you're going backwards, you see more trolls. You pass a scene with polar bears, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting. I totally forgot that there was that. And live trees. By live trees, meaning that they're troll trees and they have eyes. <laughs> um, before, um, so you go backwards and then eventually you, you stop and the front of your boat turns and you go down um, a little drop into a model of the North Sea. Um, your Viking ship passes um, extremely close to an oil rig before making its final stop in the loading dock once again. The ride narrator clo- then closes the ride by announcing Norway's spirit will always be an adventure. Um, after exiting the Maelstrom boat ride, guests can either um, head back to the pavilion or watch the six-minute film on Norway's adventurous landmarks, including skiing, hiking, oil rigs, and mountains. So I oh, do want to... Those are four of my favorite things. Skiing, hiking, <laughs> oil rigs, mountains. <laughs> I do want to say that um, the ride's original plot was going to be centered around the trolls, but as with all the different pavilions on in Epcot's um, World, World Showcase, yeah. the country of the pavilions, so in this case Norway, wanted to feature more aspects of Norway, not just concentrate on the trolls. Yeah, a lot of the countries really wanted their rides to be touristy, so that tourists would want to go visit their country. Right. right. And not just, like, have a bunch of trolls. They wanted people to see <laughs> oh, one of the other values. They kind of got chipped out on that now because now it's a frozen <laughs> right. So, well, yeah, yeah. So, so. Um, and something that is kind of cool is that if, you know, obviously you can just go and watch the ride through if you want right. to see what the trolls look like. But it is 
sort of a very, I guess, cultural thing that trolls look like that for Norway. If you've ever seen mm-hmm. the satirical horror film Troll Hunters, they also look almost identical to the ones in the ride. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so the next never seen to it. be more, like, and I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But, okay, so that's the ride itself. What were some pros and cons, or if you don't want to talk about cons, maybe talk about, like, um, missed opportunities or whatever that you remember from the ride? Well, first of all, I want to mention that when I was a little kid, the coming out of the ride into the Norway gift shop yeah. was awesome because it was decorated with, like, a giant troll... Yeah. Um, like carving, and they had like different troll everything, and Viking helmets and swords yeah, and that you could try on. That you could try on. They and also had a, a huge Viking ship next to outside. The, yeah, outside. outside. Yeah, you know, that you could play. That on. you could go up into, which I don't think did not last very long. Did not last long. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it was no, an awesome either. landmark. Yeah. Um. But it's been a while. I don't actually remember that much about this ride other than the different troll sections. I remember a big troll head that was just like a nose and eyes Mm -hmm. coming out of the earth and then sinking back in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think my favorite part was the over the falls. Yeah. Yeah, the mythology was definitely my favorite. It was interesting to hear the other parts about Norway, but the mythology part was probably my most favorite part. You ent- you exited onto a um, platform that's made to look like a little fishing village. Mm-hmm. Um, it even smells like a fishing village. Like there's a woody and, and fishy smell to it. And then you go into a theater. And so you have to wait. But Do you, you had to wait for the... Well, it used to be. It used to be. You had to wait till the theater doors open. Right. They changed it because so many people did not want to sit yeah. through that oh um, movie. They just left the, the doors open. And then if you want to sit... And yes. watch the movie, you could. I remember that. Yes. yes. Now, we watched the movie a, a few times over yeah. the years. Well, um, it's educational, and it we homeschooled. Which is so. why most people just <laughs> threw, flew right through right, it, right. because it was educational. But yeah. it was definitely uh, something interesting. A little uh, bit of trivia is that this is the ride that I was trained to operate. Oh, that's right. As, yep, that's so right. I went to a Disney Institute class um, when they had Disney Institute and they had leadership classes. And one of the things they did at the time in the early 2000s was they would train people on a specific ride as part of that experience, at least for the class I was in. So they picked the Norway Maelstrom ride for me. So we learned how to operate the boats, to safely get people in and out, how to um, operate the little um, um, movie. And also the person that operates the movie had to introduce the movie to the people so you had to oh. do like a little speaking part to it so that was that was fun <laughs> yeah, something to always remember always remember <laughs> Disney Institute what about you Sido pros cons to the ride I always love the the trolls and we quote them often in the family yes. just what the do whole... we quote you had mentioned it earlier yeah. but you didn't say the quote no you she did. did over the falls Back, yeah. back, back over, over the falls. falls. It's just go. it's such a classic, like just random part of the spell, but it's it's so distinctive. Um, it, so yeah, so it was replaced by Frozen Ever After, and I think I'll talk about that later. You know, at a later episode, um, just because it's another boat ride. But I, I wish it had been longer versus having just a ride and then a, a movie. I kind of understand why they probably didn't have that much room. But, um, but yeah, I, I do remember really liking it. Mom? I loved the gift shop afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, the ride was always cute, and you guys loved it, and it was, and I liked, I actually liked the ship turning, going backwards, and then forwards down it, the it's, thing. It's more of the unique but, ride. It's well, a, it was a fun little adventure. And I think they're not so popular anymore, but I think when I was little, Vikings were kind of a big thing for little boys. Yeah. Um, so the gift shop just had tons of stuff. Like, I remember getting, yeah. like, a little uh, Scandinavian chess figurine, mm-hmm. and yeah. it just had That's all right. number of, of things there. Why did you say you liked the gift shop, Beth? Well, like I said, <laughs> um, we homeschooled. <laughs> they had the best book selection. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I did, too. That's why I asked. For kids. It was so awesome. It had all kinds of mythology mm-hmm. information. It had Nori information. And it had them for kids. Like, it was kids' books. So, yeah. I got quite a number of I things loved there. reading those books when I was <laughs> yeah, right? when I was a kid. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, with the trolls, there was, like, a life-size troll there. So, again, thinking of the different kinds of trolls, you think of, like, more like a Lord of the Rings troll. 
you know, like it's more of a um, or Harry Potter, Harry troll. Potter troll, right. something yeah. not as cutesy yeah. as like Frozen Ever After. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frozen Ever After trolls are adorable. Yeah, yeah, but um, it was a very fun ride. And we have a lot of fun memories um, about it and with it. And although it's gone, it's always in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, I have, um, Dad was, uh, Randy was taking pictures out of albums and... Um, digitizing them. Digitizing them. Thank you. And I helped some. <laughs> I helped take some things out. And um, one was a, a trip to Disney with the Kincaids. So there were a lot of pictures of you kids and Sarah and David, I think, um, dressed up like Vikings, Viking poses. Um, yeah, there's one of me, Dad, and Sarah just making these big face, like, yeah, these like, faces yeah. with the What you think Vikings would it. look like and yeah. horns and swords and so really cute. Yeah. Really cute photo ops. Definitely. Definitely. So very fun. Awesome. Well, we end our podcast today with our future festivities. Our future festivities are for the week of August 3rd. August 3rd is Watermelon Day. Good summer day. August 4th, National Night Out. August 5th, National Work Like a Dog Day. August 6th, National Root Beer Float Day. August 7th, Lighthouse Day. August 8th, National Happiness Day. Happens Day. August 9th, National Book Lovers Day. As always, you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, we are at holiday moons. On Facebook, we have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. You can find us by searching holiday moons in the search bar. And you can contact us at any time at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Randy. Beth. Cole and Sydney. Happy, Happy summer. summer! You are not the first to pass this day. Nor shall you be the last. Those who seek the spirit of Norway face peril and adventure. But more often find beauty and charm. Always live with the sea, so look first to the spirit of the seafarer.
Please remain seated until your boat has come to a complete stop at the dock. Can you ask to take some time? 